0: Listening to the Citizens Podcast from Citizens Church in Birmingham, Alabama. We're kind of transitioning from last week talking about uh, controlling our tongue into this idea of what wisdom is, Um, and wisdom is something that's it's all through the Bible, right? We see the whole book of Proverbs is kind of a book of wisdom. Wisdom is a big part of, of who God is, right? So James wants to communicate what wisdom is to us clearly here. Uh, and the way he does that is he kind of sets up these two, as he's done in in weeks past, as we looked at. He kind of sets up these two opposing ideas, which would be the wisdom of God and also the wisdom of the world, and how these things are just very, very different, and they contrast each other um, throughout these uh, throughout these verses. So, we're going to dive in kind of verse by verse and go. But but I want to before we do that, I want to take a minute and just talk about wisdom to kind of give us some feet to to move off of as we go forward. Um, wisdom is not just knowledge and understanding. I think this would be a misnomer or something that people may believe that's not true. Like Wisdom is not just having more understanding or knowledge about something, a particular thing. Um, wisdom is having that knowledge, but then also having situational discernment on how to use that knowledge. Right. So being really smart about a subject doesn't make you wise on that subject. It just makes you smart on that subject. But knowing how to use that knowledge practically in your everyday life, that's what wisdom is, okay? Um, And because we have limited knowledge in this life, we only kind of know what our brains can comprehend, we need God to help us understand things deeper, right? Because God knows all things. God knows past, present, future. So God's knowledge is full and it's perfect. Therefore, God's wisdom is perfect and full. So as we move into this, this, um, these few verses here in James, keep that in the front of your minds, right? That's what wisdom is. Uh, to give you a little example about this, I'm going to use um, a very generic marriage story. This is not our marriage story. This is just generic. Um, but if you're a husband in this room, you've experienced this, and we have some newlywed husbands in this room, so listen up. Men. Um, If your wife comes into the room and says, hey, do these pants make me look fat? Now, it's not it's not us. It wouldn't be. But if that happens, if that does happen to you as a man, you might think, well, you know, there are some pants you wear that make you look skinnier. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Okay, sure. They make you. That's not the right answer. That's the wrong answer. This would be hitting someone over the head with the truth instead of using wisdom, right? You're kind of going through your head of knowledge of like, okay, yeah, those pants, yeah, they kind of are a little like unflattering. So maybe that wouldn't be. Is your wife looking for that? No, she's not. What a wise husband would say is, of course, they don't look make you look fat. You look beautiful. You always look beautiful. That's why. you have. That's it. In there. That's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Right. So knowledge can hurt people. Wisdom is knowing how to use your knowledge and how to perceive situationally what the 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 situation you're in and go, OK, what's the what's the best way to handle this? Right. That's wisdom. Um, again, not, not our marriage. You know, my wife is not. She's beautiful and all her pants make her look beautiful. Um <laughs> But James gives us some very stark differences between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. Uh, And we want to start in verse 14. The idea, we're kind of showing this in two ways in your uh, outlines, you'll see wisdom from below and then wisdom from above. Wisdom from below, wisdom from above. Or worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. Verse 14, we'll start there. Wisdom from below says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, you do not boast and be false to the truth. The first thing James talks about when it comes to wisdom from below or worldly wisdom is bitter jealousy. OK, so we're going to give a few characteristics of worldly wisdom and then he'll transition to give us a few characteristics of godly wisdom. The first one he gives is bitter jealousy. The idea here is uh, you are hoping and waiting for someone else to fail so that you can feel better about yourself or more successful. This would be a very worldly wisdom idea that you would hope or wish that someone else could fail so that it would make you feel better or make you feel more successful or make you feel smarter. This has played out in our workplaces. It's played out in our, in our marriages. It's played out in our friendships, right? Where we go from not only wanting something someone else has, but actually hoping and wishing that it, they would fail in order to make us better, right? The second thing he gives in verse 14 is selfish ambition, This is a wisdom that is driven by selfish ambition. What does that mean? That's a kind of a a very American way of looking at life is look out for yourself. Don't look out for anyone else. You get yours. Don't worry about it. What everybody else has. Right. And whatever it takes to get there, wherever there is, you do it. You go for it. That's selfish ambition. Um, We don't have to look far to see this in our own lives. Right. To climb a, a ladder at work. People will do anything to get to the next thing, right? Um, Even in our relationships with friends, people sometimes will do anything to advance themselves in this world, take advantage of other people, right? This is what selfish ambition looks like, and that is wisdom from below. The next thing as we look at that, wisdom from below, where does it come from? Where does this wisdom from below come from? Verse 15, the very next verse, it says, This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, which is from God, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and even demonic. So this wisdom, this worldly wisdom, actually is not something from God. It's from somewhere else. Where's it from? It's earthly and unspiritual, meaning it's from us, unspiritual meaning of the flesh, not of the spirit, but of the flesh, and demonic. So it's from Satan. So this, this idea of thinking, this wisdom from the world, is actually satanic in its origins and nature, and it comes out of our own flesh. We see this in Genesis right? What did, what did Satan do in the garden? He tempted Adam and Eve with worldly wisdom. He said, God, you know, God had told you not to do this, but God doesn't really know what's best for you. What's best for you is what you think is best for you. You live what you your truth is, not what God said is true, right? This is how Satan works. So worldly wisdom comes from Satan and from our own flesh because Adam and Eve said, yeah, that actually sounds... Pretty good, right? What happened? What's the result of worldly wisdom, which James gets into in verse 16? The result of worldly wisdom, look at verse 16. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. So, what do you get from worldly wisdom? Disorder, chaos. Does that sound familiar? Sound like the world that we are living in currently? And that we have always lived in. The end of this worldly wisdom is chaos. And he also says every vile practice, which is kind of a little play on, we looked at work a few weeks ago. It's a little bit of a play on that. Um, This kind of means worthless work. So chaos and worthless work. And I can't think of a better way to describe the world in which we live in, especially those who are driven by this worldly wisdom, to have a chaotic life and a life full of worthless toil and work because their, their work won't last forever. It's A lot of it's in vain, right? This is the result of taking the path of worldly wisdom. Thankfully, there is another path. <laughs> James lays it out for us in the verses to come. Let's look at verse 17. So we're moving from worldly wisdom to godly wisdom. Verse 17 says this, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. I want to take a few minutes to break some of these down and just give us a little bit of a definition for each of these words um, to help us spot the difference between worldly wisdom and God's wisdom. The first one he mentions is pure, Undefiled by the, world, by the word um, and holy and sacred. So this idea of something being pure means it comes from God. It's not defiled by the flesh or Satan. It is holy and pure, and it's always true. This can only come from God, right? So the first thing we see James saying is that this world, this godly wisdom is, first of all, pure, and it's from God, right? The second thing he says is it's peaceable and gentle. This kind of goes back to the illustration, learning how to speak peaceably and gently with people with the truth. This is what this means. It is a way of being able to speak the truth to other people in a way that's gentle, but also in a way that brings peace, right? If you find yourself constantly in conversations with people and the end is strife and anxiety, then it's likely worldly wisdom that you're leaning on and not the wisdom of God. So this gentle, peaceable life, The goal should be to bring peace and speak the truth. This doesn't look like, um, you know, if you were speaking uh, to say, well, I'm not going to speak the truth in order to keep the peace. Because this would be kind of the flip side of that coin where people would often go and say, well, if I'm going to live a wise life, that just means I don't say anything. No, you still need to be able to speak the truth into people's lives. Right. But you do it in a way that is gentle where the goal of your your, your speech is peace and truth. Third thing he says is open to reason, right? Peaceable, gentle, open to reason. This idea is to be humble uh, and have a teachable spirit. If you are a person who may say, I hate to be criticized by anyone. If anyone has anything bad to say to me, I'm out on all that. Well, likely there's probably some worldly wisdom that's crept into your life, right? Godly wisdom is someone who's always teachable, has a humble spirit and invites that into their life, right? You need to have people in your life that can speak truth into your life and say, hey, this is not, I don't see this being a good thing for you. The way you handled this was not okay and not right. And as someone who has godly wisdom and practices godly wisdom, you, you hear that and put it into truth, put it into practice in your life. Next thing is uh, full of mercy. This would be compassionate towards others and forgive someone quickly. Um, Oftentimes, relationships with other people, uh, there's strife there because we have no compassion for people. right? If you begin a relationship and go into confrontation with compassion, the end goal will be much better. Instead of going into the conversation with you've wronged me and I have to revenge myself, You come into a conversation with compassion and you forgive quickly. Y'all, forgiveness is the only way to peace. If you harbor evil thoughts and bad will towards other people, there'll never be peace in your life. Right. So full of mercy, compassionate towards others, forgives quickly. The last thing he says is impartial and sincere. Another word uh, some translations use instead of impartial is unwavering. And that's a little more accurate unwavering and sincere. The wisdom that comes from God is unchanging and unwavering. This is good news because this means when we make decisions and we ask God for wisdom, we can be confident in those decisions because God's wisdom doesn't waver. It is true. It is sincere. And it always is. This is a promise from God. So we can be confident when we make decisions in our life based on godly wisdom. Verse 18, moving into the result of this godly wisdom, as we saw, the result of worldly wisdom would be worthless work, disorder, chaos. Verse 18 tells us something different. The result of godly wisdom. It says, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. We say this a lot. I think we actually just said it right when we said um, we have peace with God. Therefore, we can have peace with one another. Righteousness is having peace with God. Righteousness looks like someone who was an enemy of God being made a friend to God and being at peace with God again. This is the result of godly wisdom. We can be at peace with God. And through that peace with God, we can also be at peace with one another. So you see the contrast of worldly wisdom to godly wisdom he's making here? Chaos with one another and with God, discord, and then peace with God, peace with one another. Wildly different results from worldly wisdom to godly wisdom. The big question here for me is, oh, that sounds really great. How do I get that? How do I get more of godly wisdom in my life and less of worldly wisdom? Because you turn on your TV or you open up your app of social media and you will be inoculated with worldly wisdom. We are driven by worldly wisdom. We look at it hours, hours, every day. And then we wonder, how in the world can I, like, how can I miss God's wisdom when you're just constantly reliving, rewatching over and over and over again worldly wisdom? It's what you're putting into your mind. How can we get God's wisdom? Let's look at James. This hap- we, we studied this a few weeks ago, but let's go back. James 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, does anyone here lack wisdom ever? I do. <laughs> I lack wisdom all the time. What do you do? What should I do with that? Ask. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. If you find yourself in the situation where you lack wisdom, you should ask God for it. James goes on to tell us that God is the giver of all good gifts. God is a good father who desires to give his children great, wonderful gifts. And one of the greatest gifts he gives is wisdom. So one of the greatest things you could have from God in your life as a Christian is godly wisdom. Right. This is huge. This is massive. And you should ask constantly, God, I don't know what to do. I need wisdom. I asked God that this morning when I was trying to prepare this sermon because I was like, God, uh, I just read this uh, like an hour ago and I don't know what to do. I need wisdom, Lord. This is, should be a part of our prayers is to ask God for wisdom in our lives. How do we navigate all these different things and then move into them with confidence and go, okay, God, thank you. Moving into this thing because you said this and you promised this and I'm going. Ask God. The next thing we should do is first, is we're going to look at First Corinthians uh, one thirty briefly. Because if God is giving generously this wisdom, I want to give us a broader understanding of what God's wisdom is as we kind of close. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says this, Jesus is wisdom from God. Hmm. Let's read it. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. You see that? Because of him, because of Jesus, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God. So Jesus is the wisdom from God. This is really good news. If you're not a believer, this is where you start. You need Jesus. If you are a believer, what you actually need is more of Christ. You actually should go to the cross first and seek wisdom from Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. If Jesus is our wisdom from God, then we really need Jesus. We don't just need the answer to the question, which is how we often go to God. God, I have this problem, and I need you to help me fix it. Jesus is the answer to your problems. That plays itself out in a lot of practical ways as you live your life. But first, you go to Christ. What I want to do as we close, so I want to read um, Proverbs chapter 8. With that verse in mind, this idea that Jesus is our wisdom, let's read this together with a little bit of a different lens. The the author here is kind of writing this proverb from a first-person take from wisdom, as if wisdom is a person, which Paul just told us. Hey, he is. It's Jesus. He is a person. So let's read this. With that On your hearts, on your mind. It says, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. And I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance are the way of evil. And perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me princes, rule, and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and I love those who seek me diligently, find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield in silver. I walk in the way of the righteous." And the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. We're going to skip down to verse 32. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways, hear instructions, and be wise, and do not neglect it. Neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors, for whoever finds me, finds life. And obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Christ is our inheritance. To seek wisdom in this life is to seek after Jesus. And to find Jesus is better than to have all the gold and the silver in this world. It truly is. Why? Because it lasts forever Christ is our inheritance. I love this passage. I love this verse. I, I, I think seeing it through that lens changes it a bit for me. And to see that wisdom is not some ethereal thing that we're supposed to try and find. It's a very tangible thing that we can all have. And his name is Jesus Christ. We're going to celebrate that in just a little bit outside with baptism. Another part of we see it all through Scripture, but maybe one other part of this idea of foolish things of the world becoming wise is baptism. Something that maybe a lot of people who are unbelievers may look at and go, Why in the world would you dunk somebody underwater? It's weird. Um, but this is God's way. God often does, takes things that would seem foolish in the world, uh, but they're actually wisdom from God. As Clay will explain later, baptism is a sign, it's a symbol of what Christ has done for us. The wisdom that came from God to us was Jesus. You've been listening to the Citizens Church podcast. Special thanks to Murphy DX, who recorded our theme music. If you'd like to learn more about Citizens Church in Birmingham, Alabama, you can visit us on our website at citizensbhm.com or on the usual suspects Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.